Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real-life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Welcome to the One Tough Mother Podcast. We've got One Tough Mother Lisa. Hey there. One Tough Mother Gail. Hey. And me, One Tough Mother. <laughs> We'd like to welcome you. This is our first show. We're really excited about it and we're glad you're here. Please tell your friends, download us, love us to death. And I have to ask, Gail, what'd you do last night? All right. This is a confession. Uh-oh. I watched The Bachelorette. Oh, what? I told you, don't get hooked listen, on that. Listen, I had to. I don't know. It was like, I don't know, being drawn to it. But last night was the men tell all or something. Mm. And so it was, but it was fascinating. It's fascinating. It's the first black Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And so I've been tuning in every once in a while to kind of see what the dynamics are. Because it's actually very, very interesting, socially interesting. And last night they got it, the guys got into it. And I have to say, I found myself cheering at some of the guys. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. I'm no. sad now. I'm Wait, very no. sad. Wait. Listen, no, listen, 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 listen. There was one guy. Who, what? What, Lisa? For you what? to say that? I'm just, yes, oh my God. I know. Listen, we all have room for change, right? So <laughs> I was watching it, and there, there's one guy who is blatantly, apparently racist, and why did he show up on the show to date a black woman was a whole thing. And the guys, they were so on point. Mm -hmm. They were asking him the right questions. And ladies, at the end, they hugged it out and they said that they would educate him and support him. Come on. How do you not go, Oh, There are some good guys out there, you know. There are some. Are some. <laughs> yes, that was my two-hour guilty pleasure. What, okay. Lisa? What? 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 Nothing, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, cousins, cousins in from Maryland in LBI. And, um, you know, when cousins get together that are Irish and Hungarian, I am Hungarian, descended from vampire blood, we drink. <laughs> oh, Because wow. it's a full moon, half moon, quarter moon, last night happened to be half. Oh, boy. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila. Floor. What? But I then picked myself up. You look great. Helped my friend Nancy. I think I look pretty damn good. You look, you look really great. good. You really do. What did you do, you. hair of the dog? Yes. What's, what's in the water bottle, Lisa, for real? Yeah, exactly. George Clooney's ex. <laughs> tequila, Casamigos. <laughs> And Karen. Well, this is how she's telling the truth. So, you know, yeah. I stay at her house, the yeah, apartment. I know. I stay at the apartment on the days that we're in the city. So what happens is I go, I open the door, I have my own key, go in. She's in bed, passed out dead. Dead, 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 dead. So now Please. I work one hour, two hours. I'm like starving. I'm like, I brought, <laughs> I bring my own groceries because I figure she's out. <laughs> but we don't not use them. Not entirely true, no, but hey. We didn't, we don't use them. We, we love this pizza but anyway um we um i waited for her to wake up and she came out and she's like i can't believe you're here how long you been here i could have looted her entire place <laughs> would never times. have known would never have known what is nor that? would you i have cared <laughs> one tequila two what what is it one tequila two tequila three tequila floor <laughs> well everybody you're listening to the one tough mother podcast welcome we're happy you're here and Lisa, what do you have? You can find, well, first I want to say find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Hashtag One Tough Mother, hashtag OTM, and hashtag Tough Mothers. And today's Tough Mother headlines and headaches are sponsored by Nellie's Free Range Eggs. We love our hens. You'll love our eggs. Okay, I love this story. Transgender former, former SEAL member Kristen Beck has news for the president. Awesome. Tell me I'm not worthy to my face. So Kristen Beck, a former Navy SEAL, Team 6 member, and 20-year Navy veteran who publicly came out as transgender in 2013, mm -hmm. was criticized by President Trump's plan to reinstate a ban on transgender individuals serving in the military. 
Uh, according to her, she says, quote, let's meet face to face and you tell me I'm not worthy, Kristen Beck says. Transgender doesn't matter. Do your service. And by the way, Beck served stints in Bosnia, Iraq, Afghanistan, and she's received multiple awards mm-hmm. and medals and decorations. Yeah. And according to Trump, his whole view is our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical costs and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. Beck said that the money they're talking about is roughly zero 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 point, I should say, excuse me, point zero 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 one percent of the military budget. As disturbing as this whole story is, it's what's just, more disturbing is he tweeted it. That I Again. think I think that I, I had to uh, talk about that on on my Facebook. I just since when do we live in a country where laws are written by a tweet? By a tweet. But the good news is, is that everybody pushed back, and it's not oh, happening. Yeah. No, he's not yeah, going to yeah. get everything he wants. No, he's it's not, not happening. The people pushed back. The generals pushed back and said, "No, not this is not the country we live in." Now, it's not. may I just bring up yeah. a few good men? I'm sorry, but there are certain places in the military, certain areas, certain you know barracks or whatever that. They don't always look kindly upon transgender. That's true in the world, though. And I, I that's, fear that's, for that's those people the, because those people truly want to serve and get punished behind the scenes and nobody ever knows about but it. But that's the so same. So I hope everybody can just get I, on board. I, I wholeheartedly agree. But that's also the case with women in the military. You're right. Absolutely. So 100% to, right. we have to address it straight across the board. And, Absolutely. And, and not by not by saying don't come here and don't do this is not the answer. Right. Mm-hmm. She, I support her 150 percent. She's one tough mother. Oh, she is one tough mother. Let's have her on the show. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll OK, next. Time. Valerie Jarrett named to the Lyft board of directors. Lyft L.Y.F.T. Uber's competitor. Former senior advisor to President Obama, Valerie Jarrett, has been named to Lyft's board of directors. Lyft's official blog read, we couldn't have found a better partner than Valerie, an incredibly influential and respected businesswoman and civic leader. Valerie, as you know, was recently a senior advisor mm-hmm. to President Obama and assistant to the president for public engagement and intergovernmental affairs for his entire term. Mm-hmm. She just years, lifted people. him right up in the air. Bye bye, Uber. Yeah. Ms. Jarrett so. also released a statement saying that she is a frequent Lyft passenger and is thrilled to get this. Join the ride. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but kudos to Valerie. I think yeah, it's awesome. Right? Good for her. Too. Good for her. Women awesome. making it. Women do you guys, making it. Do you guys use Lyft? I have. I have too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm still. I used it. it back and forth to Tony Robbins because I didn't want to drive. Look at you. Yeah. Yes, I did. At least. Yeah, I used to. All right, are we, are we ready for more R. Kelly drama? No. no. I, I can't. Oh, I can't no. do that one. That's I awful. I can't, no. but we have to because yeah, it is just all over the place. It's so, sickening. R. Kelly hires a crisis team amid sex cult accusations. Oh, yeah. So here we go. R. Kelly's message to his fans about a report that he is allegedly holding women in a sex cult is, it's a bunch of crap. But he has hired a crisis team to fight the claims, which sources tell page six of the Post have some truth to them. Kelly was responding to multiple families' claims that he's housing their daughters in Chicago and Atlanta, where he brainwashes them and records them in sexual encounters, which is just sick. His ticket sales have suffered and some concerts were canceled. Uh, Kelly has since added Bill Cosby's attorney, Monique Presley, to his team. Oh, I'm sorry. for her. Yeah. <laughs> I, Ching-ching and, like, really, why would you add her if you don't know your I right? I mean, this, I, you know, if, if, they, if this, in fact, is true, then they need, he needs to be in jail. Well, 2014, <laughs> I mean, he was brought up on porn yeah, charges. I, if, porn. This, this, the, I mean, we're, we're talking about young girls, you know, that are not this consent. Is six, this is, this this is, is so, why are they not investigated, you know, deeper into it? I don't know. I, you know, it I, comes from it goes from R. Kelly to Pete Rose, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. every day it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's something else, and I'm tired and sick of it. Put him in jail. Get it over with. Yeah. Get him out of here. We don't want him in society. Well, you know, what? I, I think I've heard, and I don't know if this is correct either, that these types of things are the pathology that is very, very difficult to cure. Obviously, there's sick people that are mm-hmm. doing this, and. Um, going through the normal therapy they say a lot of times these these people cannot be rehabilitated no they can't so then if that's the case how do we protect our children right right we need to protect our children right absolutely and is it you know sometimes i think to myself is it just take it off oh wow no 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 because They'll find another way. It's yeah. a pathology. It's not about the penis, honey. Yeah. You're right. It's not. You're it's right. not about it's the penis. Mind. It's, but it's a hormonal it's thing, a, too. Right? And it's, it's a, a mindset. It's a, mind, it's, it's, it's a sickness. It, it's it a is. sickness. It's a disease. It, Pedophilia yes. is a disease. Yeah. 
but it's but the castrating sounds like it might be a thing, but it's it's deeper than that. You're right. Yeah. You're very right. Go ahead. Nick. Okay, so <clears throat> no, there goes the voice because of what I'm about to read. Good and bad. Okay. Uh-oh. Kathy Griffin. Mm shaves her head in support of her sister's cancer. A series of photos up on social media showed Kathy Griffin with her buzz cut in support of her sister, Joyce Griffin, who was undergoing chemo. Her brother Gary passed away of cancer in 2014 at age 63. So there are a couple of photos of her with her mom and everything else. Mm. But also they added in the same article that Griffin is no longer under federal investigation for the Trump photos. She was never going to behead the man, but that's beside the point. I know, but it was still tacky and classless. It was so classless. So classless. It was was just disturbing that kids would see that in his son. Anybody that saw that was disturbing. Prayers go out to her family, though. Yes, absolutely. I hope her sister recovers. A lot of healing light, Kathy. All right, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be back in a few minutes. And remember, you're listening to the One Tough Mother podcast. Don't forget, onetoughmother.com, hashtag OTM, hashtag onetoughmother, and hashtag toughmothers. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. Welcome back to the One Tough Mother Podcast. We're glad to have you here. Our first guest is a recipient of several honorary doctorate degrees. She's spoken before audience throughout the country about her experience as a corporate entrepreneur, a working mother, a leader in corporate social responsibility, and sexual assault advocate. She shared her story of triumph on national television, including a feature story on The Today Show, as well as appearances on Oprah and The Joan Rivers Show, just to name a few. Her story has been featured in over 500 publications, including Newsweek, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, People, The Los Angeles Times, and Business Week. At the age of 19, she endured two life-altering events. The first was a traumatic sexual assault by a stranger. The second, equally as traumatic, the accusatory treatment of the professionals who were supposed to help her. For two decades, she became what she calls a silent sufferer. By internalizing her trauma, she suffered from PSTD, eating disorders, depression, chronic pain and stress it is with my extreme pleasure and pride and admiration that i welcome to the one tough mother show one tough mother sherry poe hi sherry hi sherry (laughs) hi ladies how are you so we got tough mother gail and tough mother lisa here Hi. Hi, Gail and Lisa. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It's an honor. <laughs> yes. Big honor. Mm-hmm. We just love you. We love your story. We are super excited about having you as our first guest. We can't even oh, believe yay. it. So uh, Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thank you a million times over for getting back to me right away and making this happen. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So well, we're going to get right I, in. I, I'm sorry. Go okay, ahead. no, go I said, and I appreciate you having me on as your first guest. Are you kidding? It's so special. Oh, thank you. We're, we're very excited <laughs> about the show. So we're going to get right into it with you, Sherry. So yeah, I wanted to talk to you about what it says at the top of your website. It says, how does a woman go from being on welfare to being named one of the top 10 entrepreneurs of the decade, despite all odds? <laughs> how does that work, babe? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> you know, you know, I was, I was thinking about that a lot. Um, thinking about you guys calling me this morning and honestly it um it's been a long road it's mm-hmm. it's been fraught with all kinds of lessons on the journey um but i have to say that my my sense of purposefulness determination um and realizing realizing my dreams really started when i was a, a child a very young child at the age of eight and i really had to learn if I wanted anything to happen, I had to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody was going to hand me anything, give me anything. Mm-hmm. I was basically ignored as a child, and I had to create. On some deep level, I realized I really needed to create my own destiny. As crazy as that sounds, when you're eight years old, That's but amazing. I, um, my dad used to say to me all the time, you know, when you get on something, share, you just don't get off of it until it happens. Oh. And I was a little girl, and I didn't know what he was talking about, but. Honestly, if you look at everything I've done, it's just I have had this deep belief in myself since I was eight years old 
that I could make anything happen if I really, really wanted it to happen. And I could visualize it and it could manifest. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's how I I did all of these things that, you know, you so eloquently introduced me um, as. In, and and we're all ago. that. Lisa, you've been through childhood things. And Gail, you yeah. were brought here with, what, a couple hundred bucks? Yeah. yeah. Two suitcases of $200. Absolutely. I share something in yeah. common with Sherry, which I'm sure we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's like, and the other thing that happened, you know, as you as you mentioned, is I did have this violent sexual assault like, at gunpoint mm. when I was 19. And when you go through something that is that terrifying, where you really feel like you could lose your life at any moment, um, everything else after that seems easy. I know that might sound crazy to you. It's not that. No, that is the best that statement that, I've ever yeah, heard. That makes yeah. total, total <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, people would say to me, you know, when they heard the, the industry people, Reebok and Nike and all these guys, they were like, how, who are you? How do you even think you can be creating this company? Where did you come from? Like, they, I was like an alien to them. They didn't understand it. How can a woman who, who's never made a shoe before, before create a company, a, a, a worldwide company like this? Who are you? And so, you know, it was, again, it was this challenge. And I, I accepted the challenges and I loved the challenges because I learned it at such a young age. It was, it was you know, and then with the rape, it was like, I was, it just took away any fear I had that was deep inside of me about basically doing anything. I just felt like I could. Back me into that, though. Back me into the rape part of it. So, and I don't want to get, you know, too down and dirty, but I I know the listeners are going to be very curious. So, you're in college and you were walking, you were in your dorm. Give us a little bit about. Well, you know, just to keep it brief, I was, um, you know, it was 1972, and it was the era of, you know, love, mm-hmm. you know, flower children and oh, love absolutely. And, yeah. and all of that. And so, you know, at that time, as you guys know, although you're younger than I am, um, you could basically, women could hitchhike, you know, you could, all of that. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. I remember college that. Camp, especially in college campuses in the middle of the country where I was, down in southern Illinois. So... Uh, my friend and I got into a car to be uh, driven out to um, where she was going, and then I was going to get dropped off. And right when we got in, we could—you know—she was in the back, I was in the front. You could smell alcohol on his breath. We saw that he was not a student, and the alarm bells—the alarm bells mm-hmm. went off. So she literally jumped, pretty much jumped out of the car, and I opened my door to jump out of the car too and he he slammed on the brake on the on the gas and went as fast as he could so I couldn't jump out because I would have gone under the time. Right. Oh, and the next the next three hours was torment um, and terror while he tormented me um, with this gun and then eventually raped me. And um, you know, I was this trusting hippie chick and I it was so shocking to me, and what what happened afterwards, like, for, forget the fact that you're traumatized, you know, there was no sensitivity awareness for first responders, so I was yeah. told, yeah. I was blamed, I was shamed, I was told it was my fault, and I decided by the doctor, by the hospital, by wow. the police, and I decided that it was my fault in some way. I had brought it on myself. Oh, and I, that and, makes and me I, sad. You know, a lot of women and, have Sherry, that. let me ask you a question. This is tough, Mother Lisa. How did you turn a traumatic experience into such a positive one? Well, you know... Because um, I went through something very similar to what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's different for each of us. I mean, I decided to kind of push it down and mm-hmm. and internalize it mm-hmm. and kind of pretend that it wasn't there. And, of course, it always is there, and it comes out in all kinds of ways later through. on. Right. You plowed through. Yeah, but, yeah, but it rears I, its ugly head eventually. I, exactly. I, it does because the trauma lives inside of you, and it comes out somewhere, either physically or emotionally. Right. Um, but but I, I went into this kind of space of... of pushing through everything and and 
I just felt like I can really, if I, if I, if I just believe in myself enough, I can make something happen. I can really take control. I became passionate about taking control of my life is what really happened. And was it anger? Did, did you have so much anger that you were like, damn it, this is it? The hell with everything I'm going forward? Or were you just just yeah, in a space? And, uh, yeah, because that would be me. Well, I would be like, that's that, it. Damn it. I'm taking control right. now. Well, that was that's exactly what I mentioned about my determination before. Right. That's exactly where that came from. And that's really how I pushed through with everything I did. Now, when I created the Riker Rose Foundation, Regaining One's Self-Esteem to Help End Violence Against Women in 1991, that for me was pivotal because I had a platform to share my story with other survivors and other people who really wanted to hear it on a national basis in front of tens of thousands of people. And that, for me, was the singular most powerful event in tandem with creating Rika of my life, besides obviously having having my children. But you know what I mean? Like, that was a defining experience for me. You know, when you can stand in front of people and see them and feel them healing right in front Mm -hmm. of you from what you're sharing, that encouraged me to just keep sharing and keep sharing because every time I shared with someone else, I became healed. That was the question I was going to ask. Did you find that it was a way of purging and getting it out where, from the places in which in your spirit where it, where it lodged itself? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what yeah. happened. And this is this um, really one tough mother. Is that for me? Mm-hmm. It's weird right. that you say that because this has been my invention for you know five and a half years helping other women because I went through something very traumatic and right, they right. when I thought I was helping them, the reality was they were helping me. They were helping me exactly. heal. That's exactly what happened. I mean, I also, just so you know, and congratulations, Karen, getting oh, thank you. off the ground. It's, it's really extraordinary. Um, you know, I just, you, you guys, I, I, that was the most powerful thing that happened for me, speaking in that way, which I've been doing ever since. But also, um, a few years before, it took me decades to get to really commit to the healing that I needed to mm-hmm. and go back and relive that. Right. But I did that, that. I did started doing that a few years before I started speaking. And that was very important to me because then I could share with these people what what do we have to do to really heal this? What? And how can, we, how can we take our power back? And that is tremendously powerful, as you all know, yes. to do that. What types of things did you do? Oh, well, you know... Um, Therapy, uh, trauma, trauma therapy specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy is one thing. Trauma therapy is a very different thing, and it really focuses on the trauma. It's a specialty practice mm-hmm. that is very, very important to find. But that's really good to know. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. that. Yeah, I'm sitting here going, you know, because um, Sherry, yeah. I was I was raped by my my ex husband, and oh, um, so. It was a little different because I, you know, you trusted him, and the next thing you know, here we are. Yeah, and, um, and it exactly. still took me time to leave after that, believe it or not. So, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what what I did was just try to get out, and I just kind of pushed it down too. Mm-hmm. But it came out in in other ways of just, you know, not feeling yeah. good enough and everything. And it's funny in my bio, I wrote self esteem. It's something most women don't know what it is until they realize that they, they don't, don't have it. And exactly. that's in my bio, exactly. so I, I just love your foundation. I do, too. That's perfect. That's, per- oh, that's so perfect, Karen. You know, I became aware, you guys, when I started speaking, I had just become aware of the stats, which is that a quarter of all women have experienced severe physical violence at the hands of a partner sometime mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. That three, three women each day were losing their lives to intimate partner violence. Three and women each day? Yeah, that's that's today. That's, that's right that's now. what we're looking at now. Yes, that's right now. Um, wow. One in four, one in four college women. When I learned that one in four college women are victims of rape, um, and eighty five percent of them know their attacker. Karen, to your point. Mm-hmm. No, that was, was Lisa. Serious. But yeah, that was oh, it. Lisa, was, that was sorry. tough. That was me. That was Lisa. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. You guys sound so much alike. I know. Um, and so I I became incensed. I became, it lit my fire. Oh my gosh, I think it's it's, it's unacceptable. Because it's unacceptable. 
And how about when the universities, they just turn their nose? It's unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. But Sherry, do they report? I mean, are these girls reporting it? That's what I was just going to say. This is only what's reported. One in four women. This is only what's reported. Think about what's not reported. Well, a lot of a lot of women, because they know the person, they like you said, they blame themselves, and they think that or. It, you know, in, in certain instances, they think that well, that didn't really happen. That maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I did maybe, something. Yes. Maybe I let well, him yes. on. Something right. like that happened. Or what to about me. just the yeah. simple fact that if I say this, this person's very popular, and I'm not going to be accepted into any groups, Bam. and I'm going to be yeah. ostracized? But then it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole combination of things, and it's just yeah, we've got to yeah. really, really support a, each other through yep. stuff like this, and it's unacceptable that this is just it's, it's shocking, just, actually shocking. Here's here, here, here's what I said. No victim should ever be blamed and told they asked for it under any circumstances. Any circumstances. Correct. It is not your fault and you're not alone. Correct. That's that's huge. And the other thing, the three magical words that will encourage someone to to share and start getting the help they need is, I believe you. Right. Oh, wow. That is so powerful. You're right. Mm -hmm. Just I believe you. Absolutely. So these are the types of things I lecture about when I go to colleges and universities and corporations. And the other thing I always say to people is we all need to take responsibility for changing the climate of silence in our country. The climate that allows perpetrators to freedom to take what is not theirs. And there's a, a there's a quote that says it's not about spirit. the violence, it's about the silence. It is. Exactly. Yes. It's about the exactly. people are silent it about it. I think it's really important that women understand, or people in general understand, that your body is the only thing you really, truly own. Mm-hmm. Correct. As right, long exactly. as they, it's, they can take my clothes, they can cut my hair off, but as long as there's yeah. breath in this, I exactly. own it. It's the only thing we own, and nobody has the right, right to infiltrate that space without being invited, right. period. Nobody, no, no, nobody does. But unfortunately, when you, even today, when I go to a college campus where I just went and there was 2,000 kids listening to me and faculty members, and I, women, young women come up and wait in line for three hours to talk to me. There is not, every, let's put it this way, every single person, gay, 21 years ago, 23 years ago, it hasn't changed. They all think it's their fault. Mm -hmm, Every single one of them thinks and believes in some way, even if it's a gang rape. I asked for it somehow, and it's infuriating. It's It's sad. I was walking, what I was wearing. Right, right where I was. It hasn't changed, you guys. And we have got to stop the silence and take responsibility for sharing these statistics with people we know and love, because it's happening to our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, our granddaughters. It's happening all over. I'm turning 55. I have a 23-year-old daughter. She just graduated last year. And she would call me hysterically crying. This one's been raped at this party. Right. This one's been raped. Mom, what do I do? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this has not changed. It has not changed. What has changed is there's services and support to get help for these women. There are today, but if you believe it's your fault, and if you're not going to report it, or whenever you report it, if you wait and you don't get the help you need, you are further traumatizing yourself over and over and over again. Absolutely. And, that, and I've always used the mission of the companies that I have created to help and heal women. I specialize in creating women's only consumer product brands, and I always integrate um, my social corporate give back, me personally with aligning with these issues so that we can reach the greater population because when you're producing tens and thousands of millions, of, whether it's pairs of shoes or skincare, which I've done, um, there's an opportunity every time someone buys that product to get educated, every single time. And I would use the packaging, you know, every anything I could get my hands on 
to put these statistics in front of people. And it really makes a huge difference. It's, it's total. That's I, what our show is about. Yeah. Yeah. Reaching yeah. these women and us banding together, becoming strong together, mm-hmm. and making a difference. That's what one tough mother is. We want to let everybody know. know that you have to talk. The silence Absolutely. will kill you. And the other thing, too, is this message is not just for the women that are being raped. There are men that are being raped, too. Yeah. Right. And there's, a whole and, there even other, more. and there's a whole other layer that's there. So yeah. the men that are listening... This also applies to you. I mean, you are well, one tough mother. I'll tell you that. But I gotta do my one tough mother. And if I might add, with a damn gorgeous looking sneaker line. <laughs> we love you, Sherry. Oh my God, you're just amazing. Well, well so here's the deal. I love you guys too. <laughs> and 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 I am so I really am so thrilled to be invited on your first show. You have no idea. Oh my gosh, this, you're you amazing. Well, you guys embody who I am, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you guys, and I'm like, hey, I'm one, uh, I'm one tough mother part of this club over here because, <laughs> yeah, and oh yeah. Well, that's why I'm so excited about what you're doing, honey. You're in. Like, it's a try. You, you can't get out yeah, now. You're in you the army. To. You're in the <laughs> army now. Let me, let, I want to get into the show a little bit because I, okay, I trolled you. All right, I'm saying it. I, I totally trolled everything, and I'm looking at these shoes and like, I'm like, whoa, like who, what woman? Wakes up one day and goes, yeah, that's it, man. I'm, I'm designing some shoes to run in. Who? I love it. There was no women's shoes. <laughs> I'll tell you who. Well, I, Sherry Poe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tell Wait, me how you I mean, did that. I mean, can you even believe it? And can you even believe that today, Rika, 30 years later, is the only women's athletic footwear company in the world dedicated to fitness? Can you believe when it? All, I can't even get over it. That's the amazing. Only one. We're the only one, and and it's crazy because back in 1987, when I was doing aerobics classes, remember those? And I was yes. like, <laughs> that and thigh master, baby. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and that thigh master. I'm with you. Oh, oh, Suzanne my. Summers made a lot of money off of. I mean, I know, and I'm in I'm in aerobics class wearing these like like ridiculous shoes that were supposed to be for aerobics and they were like army boots. And I'm like, are Heavy. you kidding me? And they didn't even fit me because all the footwear from, and there was very few footwear styles for women. There was like three from all the companies, three styles. That was it. And they were all, all made on what we call men's foot forms and size down. Mm. Well, a woman's uh-huh. foot anonom- anatomically is completely different from a man. Yeah. Completely different. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm in so much pain. What is going on? And I went to try to find a good pair of sneakers. And you know what? They didn't exist. And I said, okay, I am the determination, you guys. I am doing something about this. And I remembered what my dad said. When you get hold of something, you don't let it go until it happens. And I'm like, I can do this. And I... My husband and I were talking, and we're living, and Boston is one of the footwear capitals of the United States, Reebok, Rockport, New Balance, Saucony, on and on. They're all, they're all there except for, like, Nike and Brooks, right? So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to start to network and find a couple people who can help me with this. And I did, and I created this machine, and my husband and I took it public, and we didn't know what we were doing. You didn't we even have never, a damn shoe, though, right? You just had a picture. You drew a picture we went, or something. We had we had drawings of shoes and concepts and a presentation. Go. Right. And I and I did a road show around the country to these brokers' offices, and I stood up there, and you guys will love this, right? And with pure passion, vision, and determination, I said. We are going to change the face of women's athletic footwear. There isn't any. There isn't any. Do you want to be a part of this? And you know what? They started at that time writing their checks. And within three days, we raised $4.3 million. Oh, Boom. my God. There we go. Bam. Woo! <laughs> 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 I know. I so know. So you knew and that you, you knew. Oh, it's started. Surprising. Yeah. That's how we did it. And then. Then a few years later, in 1991, I said, oh, my God, these women who are buying my shoes are being sexually assaulted. This is insane. And I took some money that I had, and I went and raised $700,000 from Lady Foot Locker Corporation. 
and we created the Riker Rose Foundation, which is still around today. Awesome. And yeah, and 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 then and then somebody said, "Go get the New England Patriots to sponsor you too." And I went down there and I said, "Hey, you guys, you need to sponsor this." I talked to Bob Kraft. He didn't know who I was, the owner of the Patriots, and they became a sponsor. And it was just, it just became this living, breathing entity to help heal women and raise awareness and education. And here's the other thing, you guys. If you do not educate these young children about boundaries, right. things will never change. We've got to, and I, I'm on my soapbox, but if we don't go back, it's very important to get this in. If we don't go back into the elementary schools mm-hmm, and start mm-hmm. to teach children, boys and girls, about personal boundaries, this will never, ever go away, this issue of violence against women and men, which right. is one in, one in eight boys on right. college campuses are being sexually assaulted. There we go. So, yeah. So, so anyway, that's how RICA got going. And then I raised another $3 million over the course of RICA, um, over the 10 years that I ran it. Um, and... And then I went on to go into, um, I did another shoe line, and then I did a couple of skincare lines. But wait, I have to tell my badass story. She has to, because I love her to death. And (laughs) we talk, and she told me about, she she was named, like, top entrepreneur (laughs) of the decade. Like, I was, like, bowing in my kitchen when she told me. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Sherry, Sherry, Karen is bowing right now. I'm bowing right now. This is Lisa telling you that Karen is bowing right now. I'm bowing, too. No, no, more importantly, Seth, our producer, Seth. You you bow to Sherry, don't you? Always. See, exactly. He's such a good, fun guy. Anyway. um, Okay, I love you, too, over there. Is it Seth or Seth? Seth, it's Seth. We love him. You're close you're enough. You're often do these incredible women. Can I tell you right now? Um, you know that that was really quite quite a surprise to me because even though I've been on Oprah and I've been in all these shows and magazines and newspapers and all that, um, that was an incredible honor for me because it was it was I was chosen as one of the ten entrepreneurs of the decade by Business Week magazine in the '90s, in the late '90s, and and I was in there with. You know, I had a relatively small company in comparison to New Balance and and Southwest Airlines and Vir- Virgin Richard, Richard Branson. Branson. She knows the dude. I'm like, hook me up, babe. I wish you. I and, wish you could just see my face right now. Yeah, really. <laughs> you are and, such an inspiration. Oh well, thank you. And it was really, it was, it was really humbling for me. And and the reason it happened, you guys, was because of creating this public, not-for-profit integration. Mm-hmm. Okay, of a company and a cause. That is why I was in that massive article that they did. It was an entire insert in color. I mean, back in those days, that was a really big deal. And. It's still a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's still a big deal. Well, it's still a big deal. It also it also is so rewarding to see companies embracing social causes. I mean, that's really what it's about today. But back then, it was not about that. No. It was not about that. So it's a relatively new phenomenon, this social corporate responsibility. Now, keep in mind, um, she's raising kids. She has children throughout four. this. Four kids. I have four kids, yeah. Throughout this, she has kids. And, you know, she's, she's wait, like wait, this badass entrepreneur, wait, wait. and she's got kids. I got a great story for you guys before you go. It's such a great story. So, you know, this is, you got to remember, this is 1992, right? So, you know, you know, you're not allowed to say you're a mother um, in interviews in the 90s because you were measured against the men. So the oh, PR firm was like, you can't say you're a mother. It's like, it was so ridiculous to look back on that and see that that's the climate right mm-hmm. so i have my baby and i have to go right back to work so um i had my babysitter you know she would bring me my baby to nurse because i was determined to nurse every single one of my kids to 12 months old i didn't care how i was going to do it i'm pumping on the airlines flying to korea and you know getting the shoes made anyways so i'm in my office and the factory owners from at the time korea came to the U.S. to see me because I couldn't fly at this particular moment. And um, and they come to my office, and they my babysitter brings in my newborn baby, 
and I start. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is going to be epic. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I start nursing my child in front of these Asian men. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, who the hell is this crazy woman? And I said, I looked at them, and they all like were like beat right in their faces. I said, listen, guys. I said, it's all about, this is the way it is for me, okay? You want to do business with me? You got to sit here and watch me nurse my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's badass. That's badass, I, right? I love it. That's badass. This is the early, this is the early 90s. This is correct. They probably thought I was out of my mind, but you know what? I didn't care. I didn't care. So I... <laughs> Now do I officially get an invitation to your club? Yes, you honey. You had us at hello. You're in the, uh, well, anyway, but so what is next for Sherry? What's next for Sherry Poe? To the moon? Okay, so, to Mars? What? So what, so what I do? Go to Venus. So I figured I started for companies like I'm kind of done with that. So what? What I've dedicated the rest of my life to, because I'm turning 65 in October, although I really feel like I'm 30, She honestly. looks awesome, first of all. I know, really. Yeah. Thank you. Check it around right beaming here. from the inside out, that's why. And yeah. orange is a beautiful color on you, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, we're trolling you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I like, so love you guys. I want to fly there and go and see you. Oh, you're going to play with Come yeah. play with Call us. Call up Sir Richard Branson and get a flight. <laughs> Tell him you need a jet. <laughs> do i think we should start i think we should do a special show and i think it should be about for women entrepreneurs how to get businesses going how to fund Let's them how to Let's create products i'm in we gotta in. do we gotta do a product because that's what i'm doing i'm doing now is my whole mission in life now is really before it was about service to women by creating products now it's about service to women through helping them manifest their dreams i love that's it what, that's what i'm about I'm about creating the rest of your, the best of your life for the rest of your life. That's my tagline. Oh, well, I love it. We love it, That's and love we'll it. be in LA next week. <laughs> no, but CBS, <laughs> book us a ticket, please. Um, no, we. So, so that's what you're doing now. That that so is just fab. And wait, you got you've got a wedding coming up. My right? son's getting my my first child. My kids are oh. late to the game. He's 37. He's getting married at the end of August, and I am doing I do keynote speeches all around the country and um i i fly all around doing that and i also do consulting for entrepreneurial women i also do coach one-on-one coaching for entrepreneurial women and i do sexual assault recovery coaching and i want your listeners to know that i also take pro bono clients oh that's sexual assault for sexual thought recovery coaching, so if they don't have any money, they can still reach out to me, and I will help them. Can I make a suggestion for you? Yeah. You don't know. This is Tough Mother Lisa. I am a singer. If you have not heard the song, If I Could, I love that by song. Regina Bell, please go to YouTube and listen to it. It is an, a breathtaking yeah. mother's oh son dance. Oh, my God. That's my mother's song for me. I, I can't even tell you. I think you. I don't know if you're doing that at at the wedding. I don't know if that's going to be done. But if you are dancing with your son, oh my God! I just beg you to look up those lyrics because they are just just, the hairs on your arm will stand up. Did you say Bell B E L L? If I could, by Regina Regina Bell B E L L. That's what I saw. Oh, got it. Okay, I just put it. I just, I just, I just wrote it down. Yes, you have to. It's really. It's. Oh my God! It's a perfect song for yeah. yeah. Oh, and the other thing is, you guys too. <laughs> I know we're jumping on a lot of things, and I know you probably have to go, but it's really important. No, you're really every, important. Keep going. <laughs> every, every day, every day, people say to me, "Okay, how seriously? How do you look the way the way you look?" And that's one of the reasons I started two skincare brands uh-huh. because because I wanted women to know to br- be able to break through the clutter of what's out there. To really look and then feel their best because when we look, when our skin looks really pretty, we feel really good. And I want women to know that it is not rocket science. Right, right. <laughs> it, it's very simple. And if they really want to know secrets, they can reach out to me and I'll tell them my secrets too. Oh, you're the, wait, Seth is writing this down. <laughs> Seth, get off the, you know, he's looking for your phone number. I think you should start with us and telling us your secrets. <laughs> yeah, I could use oh, a little yeah, 
Let's do it. <laughs> All right, sweetie, we're going to have to wrap this up. We love you to we death. Love and you, we are Sarah. so thrilled that you were our first. Show. Oh, I am too. And I love you guys so much. And I will take my photo and my t shirts this weekend. I promise. Yes. Yay. Thank that, you. That officially that that. admits you into the army instantly. The <laughs> Tough Mother Army, that's it. Boom. Shirt, t shirt. Congratulations. Oh, guys. Sherry, thank you so much. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Sherry. Thank so you for welcome. being you. I love you, guys. Love Thanks. you, too. Love you, too. Thank Seth, you for Seth, doing this. Seth has something to say to you. Go ahead. Thank you, Sherry. Wow. He's really <laughs> Wow. Thing. Doesn't he? Good job, Seth. <laughs> thank you, Seth. I love you. I want to meet you, too. <laughs> Looking forward We're waiting to for you here in New York, okay, honey? You got it, babe. You love gotta you come. Okay. Take care, babe. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, and we'll be right back to the One Tough Mother Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. It's the One Tough Mother Podcast. And and we're doing Tough Mother Mail, sponsored by Kind Bars. Ingredients you can see and pronounce. Oh, look at you. There's you know what? One. Do we have any Kind Bars? Because I think Seth needs a Kind Bar. I think we need to feed the producer. Yeah. I'm very kind. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you need no, no, no. a He's kind, a kind of guy. Oh, you're making it about the men now. <laughs> Pick on me. Feed the producer. Feed him. Okay, Gail. What do we got going on? All right, let's see. First one we've got is from Fearful of the Future. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Dear Tough Mother, I'm 18 years old, married, and seven months pregnant with our first child. Recently, my husband and I got into a fight about my three-year-old son. He was the result... Whoa. He was the result of a rape. Wow. I put him up for adoption, and I kept in contact with his parents through the agency. The first Christmas after my son's birth, his parents sent me a locket and a picture to put in it. Since then, I've never taken this locket off because it's the only thing I have with this picture that I can keep close to my heart. My husband thinks I shouldn't wear the locket because he feels that when our daughter gets older, she may resent my wearing it. He also thinks that I, thinks I will be unable to love our child as much as I love my son. I have so many fears. I fear that I may fail to be a good mother to our daughter because I couldn't be a mother to my son. I also worry about the future. How will my daughter react when she learns I gave her half-brother up for adoption three years before she was born? How can I make my husband understand about the locket? Also, how can I overcome all of my fears? Fearful of the future. And you know what? Um, just right off the top, let me just say, her being resentful or her having kind of any kind of resentment is going to be learned, learned. Children aren't born with that kind of exactly. personality. I agree. That's learned from somewhere. Could it be learned from her husband? Possibly. But to have that thought, you don't really know what what's going on with children. Children don't they're not born with that kind of resentment and hatred. So that's a learned personality. As far as the husband, hmm. what do you think, Lisa? I mean Well, first of all, she was raped. She gave the child up from adoption as she could she could not take care right. of it. I don't think the husband has anything to worry about. This woman is she did the right thing in her mind. It was good for what she had to do. She wants a locket because well, I don't care if it's a rape or not. You that baby was growing inside of her. That's part of her forever That's right. and ever. She loves that child. And ever and she loves the child. She may not like how she got the child, but Clearly. she gave birth to that child. And let's And I don't think there's any damage and and maybe you know in today's day and age we should come clean and as that daughter, as the the uh, son gets older, maybe you explain to the son that something happened. I mean, I'm personally come from the school of the truth is the best way to just handle things you just have to know when to handle it and it's and well it sounds like also she's only 18 yeah right? she's a she child was 15 years old and even at the best of circumstances a 15 year old having a child is hard add to that we just had a whole conversation with sherry poe about violence and mm -hmm. so giving your child up was a loving thing to do it means that you absolutely are totally capable of loving your child and the child that is coming, you're going to love that child just as much. I can't imagine, based on what you're saying, that that is not going to happen. And yet, and Sherry just mentioned the fact that she does pro bono for 
exactly um, this kind of thing for assault or trauma you know, traumatizing assault yeah. so you she know should, and it she also sounds her. to me a little bit like the husband might be threatened yeah they're young yes. you know they're they're what kids yeah they're they're kids they well first of all we don't know how old he is Oh, well, doesn't say yet. Right. We, doesn't know, say we don't know. We know she's 18, which is very, very young, and now she's and, and married at 18 and having a child at 18 and having. You've got a lot going on. You've got a lot going on. Fearful, but sounds like to me that you're you're you've got the right intention, and with the right intention, there you will have some help, and, and we will help you. Yeah, we will help you, help and you. Sherry will help you. But stick to your gut. Don't, don't let anybody sway your, your thoughts, sway your decisions, or sway how you feel. You stick to your gut. You stick to what you know you feel, and you be honest and open and hold to that. Absolutely. Because you're in the right direction. You're very, very good at knowing what you want. You love your child. You loved your first child. You're going to love your second child. Stick to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will help you. Reach out to, reach out to us on talkbythedot.com. Yes. yes. Okay. <clears throat> This one is from Dad. Dear One Tough Mother, my, my wife Rita and I separated a year ago. Our divorce is pending. The man she's seeing, whom I believe she was cheating with before we split, has a violent criminal past. He's already cheated on Rita with his ex-girlfriend, the woman who had him locked up in the first place. Wow. Rita caters to him to the point that she ignores our kids. When he shows up, they often retire, in quotes, to the bedroom, and my children are on their own for dinner. She even paid his bail when we were supposed to be saving for our daughter's school trip, which meant I ended up paying her half. She is oblivious. She believes the kids want to spend time at my place only because there's a game system here. Our daughter is slightly overweight, and Rita and I had agreed to make sure we kept up her self-esteem. I don't think Rita's behavior is helping in this area at all. My kids want, want him gone. They have expressed this to their mother, but she keeps making excuses to keep him around. They have told me she comes apart when he's not there. Well, that's just great. It's, is it possible to make her realize how this is affecting our kids? Am I making too much of all of this? Dad. Too much? Is it possible that you can have the kids full time and she can visit? Right. Because right now, she's not a parent at all. There was nothing in that letter. Now, I don't have her side of the story. Right. And there are two sides to the story. And this is a judgment-free zone. We don't judge people. So if she wants to write in or if she's listening or whatever the case is, but at what you're telling me and what your children are telling you, she's not parenting mm-hmm. at all. She's only concerned with what she feels. And it brought you brought up one of the biggest points and that Lisa talks to all the time is self-esteem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sherry said it. But the thing that's really concerning me here is we don't really know exactly what this guy is doing. Right. He's got That's a violent right. past. Right. He could be scaring the children. For all we know, it could be taken a step further. I think, um, and the woman, I do believe the mom, could be in denial. Not judging her. just could happen because, hey, we all fall in love with people and they can walk on water and not be a nice person. And I I, I think the father should follow his gut. Uh, yes, you should follow and, your, and yes. And maybe he could file for full custody or at least maybe go to counseling with well, Rita right. to discuss you, what they uh, can the, do. The question is, have you have you had this conversation with her or is she just too defensive for you to even sit down and talk to her? Because, you know, you're concerned and she if she can't hear you, then I would say that you take yeah. it one step further and file for custody. But if it'd be healthier for the children if you guys could... Absolutely. Mutually work this out. And maybe she'd be happy to have the relief that they stay with you. Yeah. Or, uh, maybe if, yeah. And then she can be with, you know, yeah, this exactly. buffoon that she seems to be. Well, good luck. Let us, let us know if you need us or let us know if you um, want to follow up with us. You go to OneToughMother.com. We're there. And um, good luck with what you're doing. And let us know if anything happens that yeah. you need to talk about. And, and in answer to your question, are you making too much of all of this? Absolutely not. Yeah. You, you care right. about your children. Oh, And our last email for today comes from Keith's wife. Well, what do you got to say? Let's see. One tough mother. My husband Keith and I met in high school. After high school, our friendship grew deeper and we fell in love. We were married and had three beautiful children together who are now 10, 8, and 5. I thought we would have a bright future together and watch our children grow. Two years ago, he began experiencing unusual symptoms and went to see his doctor. He lear- we learned days after that he had leukemia. For a year and a half, Keith fought to survive. Unfortunately, it was not to be. I lost my friend, my husband, and the father of my children. I'm now a 35-year-old widow raising my children alone. I'm trying to do the best I can without him. 
Keith told me during his illness that he didn't want another man to raise our children. It was one of his last wishes. Tough mother, was he being selfish or should I abide by his wishes? I loved Keith more than all of the stars in the sky. And what I fear now is living alone and I didn't plan on being a single parent. Should I allow myself to move past this and concentrate on my and my children's future or am I being selfish? Keith's wife. Can I answer this? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, this poor man passes away. He's leaving his family. I don't think he was being selfish. He's scared. He just is so upset that he's not going to see his children grow up. He doesn't want anybody else to take his place because he so doesn't want to die. And for poor Keith's wife, she's torn. She wants to you know, honor his wishes, but at the same time, she is a single mom raising these kids, and, and she's, she's still here, she's and 35. she's 35, and she's still here, so I personally think Keith is up in heaven looking down, or wherever, whatever creator they pray to, wherever he thinks that they are, and saying, honey, I'm behind you. I, I personally think he's going to be I've, on her shoulder. I feel and, the same, exactly. Exactly. I feel the same way. The man was scared. He's losing his family. He's losing the love of his life. He's yeah. He had plans. You have aspirations. You know the way you want your life to go. But guess what? Life is tough. It doesn't always do that. And look at they were ten, eight, and five. Honey, I mean, it's he I loves can't you. He loves you. And I agree with Karen and with Lisa that you know people say things in those moments in the transition. Um, but he's free now. And I think that all he wants is for you to be free because mm-hmm. he, he now he understands that you are always going to have him. Right. You're always going to have him. Your children are always going to have him. They're going to look in the mirror some days and see him right. in their own faces. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that you can do is live live for the both of you live for your children show them that you are resilient and that love transcends death mm-hmm. you go and you live because that's the best way to honor him absolutely wonderfully said gail beautiful absolutely lisa's got some quickies i mean <laughs> well yes lisa loves yes. quickies yes she does <laughs> so um, trust us you'll get to know that pretty yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's it's like, you you know, you just want to go look at some of the headlines. So here we go. Uh-huh. Everybody by now probably knows that Brad Pitt is dating Sienna Miller. And J-Rod, alias J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez, miraculously are still together. Amber she Rose. She knows how to pull them. She really knows how to oh, pull them. Oh, she does. Come on. Oh, I want to be uh, one you hour. Know what? One hour, let me be her. Please. She Look like really her. No, I need like three like because I want to do all the dancing. I want to uh, do all yeah. the dancing. And I know you're a dancer, Gail. Okay, it. but let me ring it in. Yeah, ring it in. Amber it in. Rose. Amber Rose would like a breast reduction due to back pain and not being able to wear cute little shirts. Patty LaBelle. I bow. She is an idol of mine. We'll be honored at this year's 2017 yeah. BMI Awards. Like Gally Poo, can you get us in? Yeah, Gally Poo, you do what you do. I'll see what I can do. Gally's gonna get us there because I know me. I met Miss Patty, she's and awesome. she'll remember me. She's I met Miss Patty. And you Lisa, know what? We Lisa, will go. We'll, we'll, we'll do our show from there. Let me tell yeah. you what. Oh, that would be I'll sing with her, Lady Marmalade. She always has plans. I'll get right up. Okay, more hits. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of all right. She's in a hole. Megan Kelly hits a major low on NBC show. And Carol Burnett, you all know Carol Burnett. I'm so I glad we, we had this time together. together. Well, guess what? <laughs> She's back with a show to TV, A Little Help, and it's a half-hour show that gives kids ages four to eight the chance to solve real-life issues brought to them by celebrities and others. How adorable. I thought I was loving her. I just I I love used to that. watch her show as a kid. I so those that. are my little quick hits, and um, I need to tell you who sponsored them because... We have a sponsor that I oh that I love. You all know I did Tony Robbins. So, our sponsor today, Kind Bars. Ingredients you can see and pronounce. Daniel Lebetsky believes he is the CEO and founder. If you cannot produce an ingredient, it should not go in your body. So, Kind Bars mm-hmm. are pro- and their products are made from nutritionally dense ingredients like whole fruits, nuts, and whole grains. No secret ingredients and no artificial flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. Dark chocolate and almond coconut got me through a 15-hour stint because I just did Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power. Proud to say, Fire Walker! She is. I saw her feet. There's, there's, she's a badass. Lisa's a badass. There is something for everyone, including <laughs> breakfast bars, grain bars, and fruit bites. And 
they have this organization, Do the Kind Thing. The Kind Foundation is a 5013 organization established by Kind that aims to foster kinder and more empathetic communities. Its mission is brought to light through a variety of programming meant to celebrate and inspire positive action. Ladies, what do we stand for? Positive, We're positive, action. and you know what? Action, I'll just Lisa, positively call them it. next time. Could they send a case for Seth? Yes, Seth. Feed needs. the producer. Yeah, yeah. please. Feed the producer. You know what? We starving. Kind, <laughs> kind, kind, and kind. We're gonna wrap it up with our we usual mother says. But before we do, and mother says today is brought to you by Jergens Natural Glow. You are more than just a pretty face. You oh, are thank a pretty face. And you are, look at you and Karen, you are glowing, by oh, the way. Oh, I love you guys to death. But we love you. I want to say before we wrap it up with Mother Says, thank you for listening to our first podcast. Thank you for being part of this journey. Thank you for everything you've done. And Mother Says is, we may have to lose who we were to find who we are. Every level of your life, you have to become someone else. So remember that when someone says, wait, you're not who you used to be. Say you're damn straight. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. And thank you. Bye, everybody. Big love, everybody. See you next week. See you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.